Welcome and thanks for listening. My name is Christian Buckley, and you're listening to the Collab Talk podcast. I'm joined today by Timothy Botcher, head of North America at Maven Point, on the topic of the growth of collaboration within the education sector and making learning limitless. everybody, this is Christian, and I'm talking with Timothy today about a great topic that is there's a, so much that's happening in the education sector, certainly within the Microsoft ecosystem. And so we're going to get into all of that. So Timothy, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Christian. I'm you know, really happy to be here. Happy to get this opportunity to chat with you and all your listeners. Uh, my name is Timothy Botcher. I'm the head of Maven Point for North America. Excellent. And so I know that there's a, we were talking briefly about uh, the, the branding and, and AppPoint, certainly within those that come from the SharePoint world and Microsoft Teams world are familiar with the AppPoint uh, name and branded. But as we expand, certainly after we went public last year and we expand the brand, one of the major announcements early this year was the the spinoff of the Maven Point brand around the formerly the, you know, the EduTech brand as part of AppPoint. Maybe you could talk about that separation and what that actually means to the to the business yeah that's a that's a great question and and you hit the nail on the head there that's our uh, edutech platform so commonly known in the industry as edtech so e-learning tools and e-learning suite uh, we rebranded as maven point so it's not when we say spin off or split away we know we're still avpoint we're still an avpoint solution we're still avpointers um, but maven point is our platform of learning tools so like you said if you're familiar with AvPoint, AvPoint is growing and we started out with a product, you know, we started out with DocAv and DocAv itself was a collection of tools and that eventually kept adding tools to it until it became the AvPoint online services platform. And that's a platform of backend data management tools, you know, backup, compliance, migration, all these different things that are relevant to a M365 administrator technical audience. In much the same way, back in 2014, 2015, uh, I was involved in a project in Singapore with AvPoint where we started creating automation and learning solutions for a polytechnic over there. Mm -hmm. And that started out as a point solution, but it eventually grew into a product and a platform of tools that are not targeted at M365 admins, but targeted at educators about automated automating and improving the way learning is managed, uh, teaching is delivered, uh, the way we can track outcomes, how we can get hybrid learning, which is a big thing we'll come back to later. But this suite of tools, which was originally called AvPoint Edutech, we realized that as part of our positioning to address our audiences, you know, we have a different platform of tools and it has a different audience of educators. So we went through a rebranding exercise to call ourselves Maven Point. And uh, the goal of that is, you know, to think of it simply, if AOS is the platform to collaborate with confidence for your M365 admins, uh, MavenPoint is your platform to teach and learn with confidence. And uh, that, that, that's a bunch of e-learning tools that we, uh, that's designed for educators and corporate learning and people teams. Well, when I talk to people about, and I mentioned, you know, what AppPoint is doing within the education sector, the biggest question that's always asked is with Microsoft making so many investments and pushing so much of their marketing around Microsoft Viva is how what MavenPoint and our solutions fit into the overall Microsoft Viva story. So maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, that's a, that's a perfect question. Um, so 
Microsoft is making big investments in Viva for the employee experience. And the employee experience, you know, covers a broad range of topics from communications to wellness. And, and it's all focused on the employee, of course, and, and how well they are doing and how well the company or the organization is supporting them to be effective, right? So, you know, communications, wellness, and learning is a big part of that. And that's where you've seen Microsoft make some big investments in things like Viva Learning. And one of the big questions around Viva Learning or the big confusions is, what is it? I think for a lot of people in the M365 space who are not traditionally in the e-learning space, there's uh, a lot of terms like we've, we've heard Microsoft push out the, the Microsoft Learn and Microsoft Learning Pathways. And then we hear about Viva Learning, uh, Viva Learn, and then what's got that's also got learning pathways and learning paths installed in it. So well, think- Microsoft has some naming issues as, as, yeah. as well. But I think, but it's interesting if you look at Viva in some of the solutions. And of course, we just had the uh, more announcements, some new Viva experiences or modules that were announced, and new features that are coming out. But two of the like the grayest areas of what Viva is, I would say, my experience are in the learning, you know, with Viva Learning and Viva Insights. So, of course, with analytics and what is it, what's the actual product or the solution that Microsoft's pushing? Like it's understandable that that it means different things to different organizations and what they what they need. And so so that's interesting. But learning, it's also this kind of gray area. There are so yeah. many, it's a mature segment. I mean, there's long been, you know, the, the LARS, the, the, uh, the, the, the learning VARs that are out there. You have the training companies, all, all of which with Microsoft over the last decade has been pushing partners of every level, every type to become product companies as well. So there's a lot of solutions, which might just be an add-on. Most of them are more services or content-based uh, versus true product companies, but there's just a lot that's going on out there. And so naturally there's some confusion out there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's a mature space, but I would almost call it a fragmented space. Right. And that's one of the things I think that they're trying to address with Viva learning. So one of the aspects of Viva learning is it operates more like what in the industry we call like an LXP, a learning experience platform. So just a bit of background, and we're going to go deep into e-learning a little bit here, but, uh, you know, an LMS, uh, your traditional learning management system is more of a top-down, create courses, push them out to uh, your your learners or your colleagues and have them engage and enroll in a certain number of tasks and activities, right? And that's normally a top-down kind of approach, uh, compliance, mandatory training, those kinds of courses. Mm An LXP is more the bottom-up approach. Like I'm a learner and I want, to dis- I, I want to improve my public speaking skills or I want to get better at Excel or something. So I want to go and discover it myself. And I want to go visit these libraries and I want to browse it like Netflix and click on something and watch it. Now, where a lot of that confusion comes in is modern platforms have a bit of both. There's a lot of LMS solutions that also offer that browsable self-enrollment LXP style experience. And there's a lot of LXP solutions that offer that, hey, you can publish mandatory courses out and this will, we'll just push it to people as part of the, the courses that we're offering. And there's a whole range of, a whole slew of other tools involved around reporting and analytics and integrations and assessments. It gets, it does get quite messy, but to put it simply, Viva Learning is closest to an LXP where Microsoft is trying to make Teams the hub for learning. So Teams is the hub for collaboration. Teams is the hub for meetings. They don't want people to leave Teams to go have a learning activity. They want to bring the learning activities into Teams in the best way they can. So Viva Learning acts more like an aggregator that pulls in LinkedIn Learning, which belongs to Microsoft as well now, Mm -hmm. right? 
LinkedIn purchased lynda.com and Microsoft purchased LinkedIn. So, you know, we have, there's a good synergy there to say, hey, we have some material. They have their Microsoft Learn material, which they can expose through there as well. And now what they've recently opened up uh, is third-party content provider APIs as well. So other content providers out there who have their own system with their own content, you can integrate it and expose and discover that through Viva Learning too. Yeah, that's a great point because for, for Gears, again, uh, you know, coming from the SharePoint community, I've been familiar with a number of of, of tools and platforms and companies that have been doing a tremendous job on creating this custom content, but it's been, they've been kind of locked out from, it's been a complaint of end users. They've been locked out of a lot of those LMS and, and LXS platforms with their content. And now this allows them to go and play and, and work with multiple platforms. They can remain neutral, create great content and not have to worry so much about, you know, the consumption of their content you know, through these partnerships, you know, a company can go and purchase content. I guess this is the grander vision of these platforms can go and find and select uh, uh, a la carte, the, the various, the content providers that they want, and then be able to roll all of that up and, and provide that to their end users, uh, you know, through these, this unified solution. Yeah, and, and you know that works well for us as well. So on the Maven Point side of things, we have several uh, solutions in the stack. We have a, a digital assessment and examination tool, which is very popular uh, in colleges and higher ed for, for remote proctoring and exam management. We do see it used in the corporate sector as well for things like certifications or procurement vendor screening. So that's one of the tools. But the other tool that I think that was most relevant to us today is we have a tool called Curricula, which is essentially, it's like a, uh, a modern learning management platform that integrated with teams for hybrid learning. So one of the big pushes that's happening at the moment or, or in the industry is talking about how do we embrace hybrid? How do we embrace hybrid work? I think that's going to be a big theme of the uh, key theme of the upcoming Ignite conference, you know, embracing hybrid and the hybrid workforce. But a lot of people forget about hybrid learning as an important part of that as well. So if we're going to deliver courses to our, uh, our employees and our colleagues and help, you know, raise the bar, you know, one kind of learning is that individual solo learning. Okay, I want to go click on this video and, and review some content and then I'm done. But there's another critical part of learning in the workplace, which is learning from each other, learning from peers, right? And that's like, if you think of management training classes, maybe over the next six months, we're going to attend a monthly class and discuss with my managers and share stories and, and do it group activities together or things like onboarding cohorts. Right. So when we onboard a new batch of people, hey, here's our September hires, here's our October hires. It's not just about them watching some videos about Avpoint. It's about them actually coming together in a space, meeting each other, building those social bonds and those connections, learning from their peers. That's what's struggled since we since the pandemic. Since uh, since we've gone hybrid and we're now, you know, some of us are in person in the office, some of us are remote, those hybrid learning experiences have struggled. You know, it's, it's funny. I, so I'm presenting uh, for a digital event later today. And one of the topics is around the concept of a center of excellence. And mm -hmm. I know that that, you know, and this is my, my background started as a business analyst and was a technical project manager. A lot of what I would go and build these governance bodies and manage these things and then into operations management. And so there would be a center of excellence for project management, a center of excellence for business analysts. There could be you know, so different companies have different strategies for this, but the idea and where I saw it was most successful 
uh, is when the, the COE concept is where you have uh, kind of voting members and then anybody else can go and participate. But it was a centralized location where yes. it was a feedback loop to yep. that stakeholder body, that governing body. Everyone could see what the policies and procedures were about you know, the, the business or that the focus of the COE where they could, and there's a lot of talk now, Microsoft is promoting heavily around power platform and governance of power platform. Uh, and a big part of that, where again, where it works, you, you can't have like a, a COE can't function just in IT. You then you're creating this siloed effect where yeah. if you have just IT people involved. When you involve stakeholders from across the organization, and, and they're able to provide feedback and share, then you know, it improves the IT aspects of that and make sure that if you're like, you, if you have a COE around power platform, a COE around teams, your teams deployment, then you're getting that feedback, you're improving it holistically across the, the, the platform. Having said all that, having that COE, which I love that concept, it comes back to, well, if we start seeing trending and questions that people are asking as an organization, I might look at that and say, well, obviously I keep seeing these questions, these support issues, we need yep. to do formal training. I might then get feedback that informs me on here's where we need to go and expand. We're seeing too many of these issues yep. or we've changed the business. We've acquired a company or we've been acquired. How do we train people on the new messaging and positioning kind of all those things. That's an ongoing battle. That's not a one-time, yeah. hey, we're just onboarding people. That's an ongoing activity. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And in fact, you know what? I want to talk a little bit more about that COE example for Power yeah. Platform because that's something that we've been helping customers with lately that uh, people have really been enjoying. Um, one of the things that we can do, so as I said, with Curricula, we have a hybrid learning solution. And I'll, I'll come back, I'll circle back to how it integrates with Viva Learning in just a second, yeah. how it complements it. But one of the things that we can do in our tool that's unique to our tool is when you create a, a course, let's say we create a power platform training course, which we have, we have materials on power platform and uh, we have a course set up that talks about power apps, power automate, power BI, and, and steps you through a whole bunch of stuff. When you publish this course, we can create that course as a center of excellence course, right? And when you publish that course, it actually creates the team for you in teams and adds all your learners and adds all the people who are involved with the COE. And as you start enrolling people into the COE, either your champions or your other stakeholders into that group, not only do they get access to the learning material in teams within the team, but that's where they're getting that social experience as well, right? They can chat with each other. They can raise these questions. They can talk about what other training do we need to hit to our users or when they ask a question within the team, someone can point them towards the resource that's actually baked into that team. And you can use that to start controlling those hybrid uh, COE experience. So, as you said, you used to be a, a BA, right? So back in the day, you used to get everybody together around a, a board table or maybe a teleconference to do a, to, a, to do a discussion about something to do with these policies and procedures. Now you can discuss them in real time in the team and use the team's meeting features for a live meeting. You can use the learning features that we enable for reviewing the content, and that all creates that social feedback loop. Now, how that comes back to Viva Learning as well. If you wanted to just publish, we integrate with Viva Learning and that's how we complement. So if you just want to publish those power platform training courses into Viva Learning so that they're discoverable and people can go take them, you can do that too, right? So you get the best of both worlds. If, if I'm an individual and I want to go browse Viva Learning and access some content, I've got it there. But if you want to create 
a COE, if you want to create an onboarding cohort group or a management training group, you can create those and publish them to Teams automatically as well. So that's how we complement that story by being 100% Microsoft, 100% in Teams, but we have different flavors of how we can expose it in Teams. I know that there's also uh, for organizations, this is, uh, sorry, let me back up. You know, one, one of the things that I'm starting is we're multi-cloud company. We're focused not just on the Microsoft ecosystem, but other cloud environments as well. So Salesforce and Google and, and other places as we continue to grow. Um, I've started to run into people that are not in teams at all, um, that are that are newer to, to teams and going through that experience of, of having to onboard people that don't have that experience and are working with other technologies using that. So what is uh, our story there for multi-cloud within the Maven Point world? Yeah, great question. And, you know, there's a lot of, uh, Maven Point was born in schools and institutions, right? And now it's grown into a corporate learning platform as well. Um, uh, started out training faculty and then moved to actual other organizations. And we've got a lot of value we add around that. But coming from that education background, you're right, not every school is on Teams. There's a lot of other competing technologies in a lot of institutions. Uh, so out of the box right now today, we do work with Zoom. Uh, we, you can hold those meetings through Zoom. And now I'll put my Microsoft hat on and say, you know, there's definitely some advantages to having the Teams virtual Of course, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're both, I mean, we're sold on that. There's a reason why Microsoft <laughs> dominates in the space. And if you look at any of those competitive charts, you see, you know, Teams and Microsoft just that that's hockey sticking up compared to the, the competitors, but right. It keeps yeah. the context together, keeps the discussions, keeps the files with the video. It's not just a video conferencing app. So I have to say all this, otherwise, you know, Bill Gates is going to come down from the sky and, and, <laughs> right. and whack. But, um, no, it, it, there's, we, we do integrate with Zoom and, uh, you know, I can't make any promises about the future of the platform here, but I would say that we do have a lot of, you know, schools that work with Google workspace, Google classroom yeah. as well. So yeah. I, I would, you know, it would be, uh, you know, it's always good to have a, a eyes open around the market and what's going on, but definitely 100% all in on Microsoft, but we also support Zoom for those institutions that, provo that, that prefer that too. I always bring that up just because, you know, having worked with a couple, even the local universities, what, what I found is the majority of them, certainly all the ones in the state that I live in here in yep. Utah, they all have Microsoft licenses. Yep. And yet when I've interacted, I would, I, so I used to do research projects where I'd work with the graduate school at, at Brigham Young University. And I know that they have the Microsoft suite because I know the people that manage Microsoft 365 at BYU. Uh, and yet the students would send me stuff in Google Docs. Like they're, you know, yep. the students all that have those licenses and have those things available, like they're, so many of them are trained on other tools. So I, it's just the reality that's out there, I think, for most organizations. And it's where a lot of shadow IT that you know comes from. Sorry, I'm getting going kind of sideways of the topic, but just to make the point, I mean, where a lot of shadow IT comes from is just because people use the tools that are familiar with them. And they and, but not just that, the reality is that when you're talking about learning where content is, when I'm trying to train my team, my organization, I don't care if the vendor that the vendors that I'm looking at have a background in Microsoft technology or Google or elsewhere. I'm looking for the content. Is it the best content? Is the right content? And I want to be able to, to, to utilize that content, that expertise and build it into my platform. No, you're exactly right. And you know what? You're not going sideways with that. I, I think 
that shadow IT story is a fragmentation story, right? People use the tools they're familiar with. People just use the tools that either maybe has something, you know, that, that it might do one thing and it does that one thing very well. But then from an IT perspective, you've always got that challenge around, well, is it integrated? Do we control it? Do we have compliance on it? Are we getting a good ROI? Are we paying for too many systems? That's exactly the same in when it comes to education tools and not just productivity tools as well, like in the workplace or in, in uh, you know, institutions of higher learning. So it, it's exactly the same story about, you know, where, where can we realize either, you know, on the back end IT savings or compliance or governance or productivity benefits, but also it has to be a good experience for the instructors and the learners as well. And that's one place that we've been strong because I think the original challenge that we, we set out to solve with this platform all the way back in 2014, 2015 is because the schools we spoke to did want to use uh, SharePoint at the time. This was pre-teams. They wanted mm. to use SharePoint collaborative workspaces more for their hybrid blended remote learning, but it was just challenging. Like it wasn't well integrated. Integration options were available, but it wasn't smooth. It wasn't easy. It didn't reflect um, the pedagogy that they were trying to do. There's the style of learning, the style of teaching that they wanted to implement. You know, it took a lot of manual configurations to get everything up and running. And of course, we, you know, at that point, whenever we see something that's a manual task on the Microsoft platform, we we come and we fix it, right? We come and we automate it. So it's an ISV the, opportunity. It's an it's an opportunity. That's right. <laughs> exactly. And and you know, we've one of the our digital assessment platform won an award this year for um, you know best test prep solution. Uh, so that was that was a great testament to to the work that we've been doing in the edtech space and how we've been improving these learning and teaching experiences. And you know, curricular is obviously a, a very popular tool as well for for hybrid learning. And um, you know, one of the new things that we announced uh, recently is uh, one of our acquisitions was combined knowledge. So those of us in the SharePoint space are probably very familiar with combined knowledge, but for those who aren't, you know, they're a UK-based um, training and change management uh, organization very successful work very closely with Microsoft Nintex and a lot of other partners in the space to create um, you know, very uh, user focused task oriented instructor led materials, right? Mm. So uh, it's a lot of the feedback we get from customers when it comes to the generic materials you can find on the internet is it's very brochure where like, hey, you can get OneDrive on your phone or something like that. And what users are actually looking for is show me how to move files between folders in OneDrive or show me how to actually give me a scenario around Power Automate that I can quickly implement in like a five minute thing so I can get understand the, the concepts. And that's something that Combined Knowledge did really well. So when Avpoint acquired Combined Knowledge, they became part of Mavenpoint. And now that means their library of content, M365 uh, focused, uh, Microsoft 365 focused training content over a thousand hours, you know, all sorts of little three minute bite-sized videos on anything an end user might want to do in, uh, in Teams or in the Microsoft platform. We now have that baked into our platform as well. Yeah, that's, again, I go back to like where organizations, they they want to be able to go and find the right content and be able to build that in. They may also have their own libraries of content and want yeah. to be able to serve mm -hmm. that data within these these platforms. So that's also been, you know, a reason that a lot of organizations have gone and say, I can't get what I need through a third party. I'll go and build something myself, or I will... I've seen organizations that you know maybe didn't have the hundreds or thousands of, of video assets out there, digital assets, but would go and publish it out as unlisted content out on YouTube and yes. then you know and, and link to it. I've seen YouTube-based 
learning platforms where again do you want to put your intellectual property out there is that the ultimate goal or was that just more of a how can we do this in a and surface this content in the right way uh, uh and because we don't have a development team building uh, you know an lms yeah no that you're exactly right and, and that, that's one of the key features that we bring as well is that you can mix and match that content so if you like the content that we've got in the platform that was based from combined knowledge great you can use that if you want to add your own or replace some bits or put other policies and procedure videos in you can absolutely do that too and again you can expose that in a teams setting or you can expose that via viva learning well timothy your two final questions for you the one i mean i'd love to what you can share of of kind of roadmap what's publicly uh, uh you know known that's out there if you could talk about that and then of course uh, you know to to wrap up uh you know how people can find out more where should they go what should they pay attention to maybe you can cover both of those so can you talk about anything the road like where where we're going what's what what we're talking about now yeah so one of the other recent acquisitions um on the maven point side was a training uh training management company so they, they provide they, they had a training management platform that allows so an lms is is really for for inwards facing learning whereas a training management platform is for outwards facing learning and we actually get a lot of calls from customers asking us hey we really like the way you use teams to deliver learning and deliver courses we want to do that for our our customers you know actual people mm. signing up to take training courses um so that tool will eventually become part of the at, at the moment it's available you you can get it now but it's uh, you know we're in the process of integrating that into our platform because one of the advantages that obviously we bring is that we have one single platform right so one set of logins to manage one set of data store data storage to manage um, with bring your own storage and all that sort of stuff available um, so once that's fully onboarded onto the platform then it'll be available in the in the SaaS uh, as a button ready to go so that's that's a big exciting feature so training management uh, we're, we, we can do it now. We're already doing it now as some, you know, uh, ad hoc implementations. But once that becomes part of the SaaS platform, that'll be pretty big. Yeah. So uh, so where do you generally point people? They want to find out more. Of course, they can go to mavenpoint.com and find some information. They can find it linked off the AppPoint site. Yeah. Um, any Anything else that you recommend where you point people towards to find out more? No, I think that's the main one. I mean, uh, mavenpoint.com, because it is so different from the AppPoint platform and it has such a different audience and a different set of tools, you know, it does have its own brand website for the platform. Uh, very education focused, specifically talks about all the learning outcomes and all the fantastic hybrid learning and, and innovative and the AI driven things that we're able to do in the platform as well. So definitely check out mavenpoint.com. The only other resource I'd recommend is subscribing to our LinkedIn. So that is where news hits first when we're publishing information uh, about Mavenpoint, uh, it usually hits our LinkedIn first. So that's a great resource. Well, excellent. Well, Timothy, really appreciate your time today. And, uh, and I'll share some links as well and associate a blog post with once this goes out and live. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Cool. Fantastic. Thanks, Christian. You've been listening to the Collab Talk podcast. New episodes are published every Friday, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and most other podcast services. Thanks for listening.